what you need to be doing is just be yourself. That's that's all. Cause like, if I'm being myself, I'm coming in hot. I'm just warning you. <laughs> you real? But spicy I can turn guys? it down. I can turn it down if you want. <laughs> you're not like you're not always like coming in real hot like for our, our business meetings and stuff though. Oh, is that what the people want? They want to be in the business meeting? Well, no. I'm just saying, like, just authentic, normal you. That's all. That's all we need. If 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 okay. real you is just so hype, then then bring it. That's cool. Okay. That's awesome. Okay, but I'm just telling you because this is a test. I'm letting it loose. It can be reined in if you want it to be, but it's gonna have to be by request. And I'm not <laughs> offended if you request it. Okay. So this is this I'm is where you feel. If you so the, the level you're gonna be coming in at is the level you're most comfortable with, right? That's this is your A game is what you're gonna be hitting me with. Uh, I don't know. Yes, it's what I would do if I was by myself. So. <laughs> okay, awesome. All right, we're going. We're going live here. Let's get it. We got something big today, Peter. Gonna have to introduce you to everybody. I'm, I'm filming. <laughs> uh, let's go. Power stretches. a test this is rock and roll mark dear buddy <laughs> how you doing man oh, all right well you just i've always wanted to do that yeah um well i think now uh the audience uh, they you're starting on the back foot with them i think that's what's happening right now is you're you're starting on the back foot with them and you're gonna have to win them over have you ever seen course. that movie uh yes well have i seen it i've seen clips of it i've seen parts of it i don't know if i've seen I feel like I I've seen the seen whole it. thing like like a long time. Like I think I saw it in college. Like one of those nights. Well, I don't think you know these nights, but it was like I was just like real drunk and I watched it. And I don't remember any of it, but I know I watched it. Kind of thing. You're you're a clean boy, so you don't have those kinds seen, of yeah, no, memories. I I have not done. I do not have those memories, but I have seen clips on YouTube, and I've always wanted to do that. So thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Well, Cheers. now you're gonna have to win win everybody over because that was that was kind of annoying. Um, but. Yeah, I know. But let's get into this here. So what are we doing here? We, For all of you um, out there, all my listeners and everything, we're going to be starting to do something a little bit new here. And I know I just, in the last freaking episode, I said, we're going to be starting to do something new here with the Protagonism Podcast. But uh, So sometimes when you, you pull on a thread, it just keeps going. And it's attached to like a million other threads. And uh, I mean... At the risk of like alienating people further, because like I know I change stuff all the time, guys. I know, I know, I'm always changing my direction. But like this, this is like my El Dorado, the path that I'm on now. I think I've really, really, really discovered something, and um, I'm excited to do it. Basically, like let's let me give you the story of what's what this is all about here. Actually, maybe before we do that, Pete, tell everybody who you are. Oh yeah, I should probably give everybody a little insight as to who I am and stuff, huh? So. Hey guys, how's it going? 
My name is Pete. Yeah, that pretty much covers it. I think <laughs> Pete is my my young ward. He's been working with me for a while now. He's uh he's gonna be kind of like the uh, um, what do we call it producer or sidekick here for just helping me run run this new show that I'm gonna be doing here called Man vs. World, um, and I'm very excited for this this project here because um, well there needs to be something different I think in the uh, the manosphere in the self development world because uh, the way I see it is that we've got a bunch of guys out there and they really want to be the guy that they want to be right this is what I remember when I was like 14 years old and I got into self development that was like the the fundamental thing I was looking for it was just like how the hell do I get myself to actually be the person that I want to be right and there's a lot of problems that I ran into. Like the biggest thing, which I can kind of summarize now, is what I would call the dopamine industrial complex. This is like video games, porn, Netflix, the mainstream media, um, you know, social media. Basically, uh, even just like like the food industry now, the processed food industries, uh, and all the all the systems that are just trying to distract, manipulate, and make you serve their bottom line. Right. That's what all this stuff is about. And all of this stuff, like I was entirely enmeshed in all of it. Right. Like I was a porn addict, video game addict, like hooked on like skinny fat, hooked on shitty food. Like and I, I was just consumed by just escapist culture. OK. And it really kind of sucks when you're like this because this is just how everybody lives today. And so you don't even like know What's wrong with you? It's like, why can I not be a product? Why can I not be productive? Why am I like insecure? Why am I struggling to like kick butt in life and like, you know, find a vision, first of all, and then pursue that vision? Why do I just keep scrolling YouTube and Reddit and being pissed at myself every night when I go to bed? Right? Like this is this is where I was at. And um stepping back now, like what I see is that like we're kind of in a very unfair situation today as men. Like the entire system is stacked against us. Now, there might be some conspiratorial high level like Illuminati shit going on where it's like we can't allow men to be conscious and, you know, in control and free because, you know, it's basically it's like when men stand up in group, that's when revolutions happen, right? So it's like, let's sedate them, let's make them stupid, let's feed them, you know, Homer Simpson and Peter Griffin and Ray Romano as their archetypes, and, uh, you know, that'll just poison them, and then we'll just demonize them in the media and all that kind of stuff. So, like, yeah, maybe there's something like that going on. But then also it's just these multi-billion-dollar you know, billion dollar companies, sometimes trillion dollars. Like, I think Google's worth trillions of dollars. It's like, and they're just going to try and hook you Right? They're just going to try and manipulate your brain. They have like huge budgets for advertising, for engineers, for scientists to simply study how you swipe your phone so that they can make things as addictive as possible. So you're spending your whole day just looking at butt cheeks on Instagram. Like this is what the modern man is up against. And he doesn't even like realize that it's a completely lopsided battle, right? It's like our technology for vice has vastly outstripped our tech, like our our social mechanisms for dealing with this, right? To dealing with this level of vice in the world, and so, like, 
I've been studying this stuff for a long time because I, you know, I, I got out of all this crap myself. You know, I quit porn. You know, quit video games. You know, got my life on track, built a business, and then I started other guys helping other guys quit porn. And I had to dig real deep in all of this. And yeah, I found a very effective method for helping guys quit porn, and that's you know a piece of my business and whatnot. But the other thing is that I've found um, something much bigger than that. I found a system for moving guys out of like this virtualism where they're just watching that character in on the Netflix show or that character in their video game or that, you know, athlete that they follow in pro sports. They're watching everybody else go and do stuff, but they're not, right? That's what virtualism is. It's like you're living out and getting your fulfillment through virtual means, right? You're not even eating real food. You're eating like cheese whiz and like fucking triscuits and shit. And it's just like we have to get out of that, right? But there's a process you have to go through. You can't just try and jump out of it. Uh, I don't know about you people. Like, have you ever, like, I, the thing I kept running into when I was younger is I kept trying to change everything at once and then it would just fall flat. And I just, like, wouldn't be able to, like, sustain anything beyond, like, a couple of days and sometimes even just, like, literally a few hours. It was pretty bad. First of all, how dare you say that about Cheese Whiz? And secondly, <laughs> Okay. Yes, you're absolutely right. Sadly, and I've I've fallen into this many, many times. I start something and then I stop something. I start something and it just doesn't work out. And I just is it turns into this vicious cycle where you're constantly starting new stuff and constantly trying to become the most epic person you can be. And you do it all at once and you fall on your face. And it's very embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, it's the it's the worst thing ever. I mean, and we've all been there, but what I've found in my work is that there's like specific stages you got to go through. And this is, you know, you guys heard me talk about it before. It's, this is what protagonism is. This is my philosophy, the tool set, whatever you want to call it. It's a an approach to life that's specifically optimized for getting us to thrive in this, this weird state that the world is in. And hopefully beyond this re- weird state. Hopefully it'll help us actually take things to a better place. Um, and... What I want you guys to do is kind of follow along with us here because this, this man versus world series, that's what it's about. It's about like us versus this like weird ass modern world that's just parasitic, toxic, and generally destructive to your masculinity. Okay. And if you do this, you follow me on this journey, well, then you have freedom, excellence, and impact to gain because, you know, Let's face it, if you keep going the way you're going, uh, if you're anything like how I was, I don't know, maybe some of you out there, you know, big time ballers and whatnot. But for me, it was just like all I had to look forward to was like deeper slavery, more mediocrity and like 100 percent certitude of irrelevance like in the world. And that to me was just unacceptable. So, you know, that's what this 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 podcast is really about here. And so the, the way we're going to be doing it. Way we're going to be doing is, is Pete has found clips. Just we're going to be doing some reaction stuff, and then I'm going to be uh, <laughs> looking for some. You know, I'll be also continuing to do my regular content, like this. You know, my my deeper dive kinds of things. But I was trying to figure out how can I streamline everything into like one show that I can keep up consistently, so I don't have to go through these big long periods where you know I don't have I'm not uploading anything. Um, and so with, with Pete's help and, you know, the, the rest of the team that I've got here, uh, we can keep things going a little bit more smoothly. And we've got a lot of a lot of really cool stuff uh, in the in the wings here for what's coming next. But this is the big thing we wanted to get launched right now. So 
What do you think, Pete? You want to want to show me the first thing we got? Mark, we got a long list of things to talk about today, so I want to kick it off. But before before I show you this clip and get your your gut reaction, I need to give you some context here okay. so you understand what you're watching. Okay. All right. So this this nice young lady here has made a commitment to not use dating apps for a whole year. Okay. Okay. And so Friday night comes around, she gets all dressed up, she goes out on the town to meet new people. And this is the result. This year, I decided I'm going to go the whole year without using any dating apps. Uh, however, I still want to meet people. So tonight, uh, it's Friday. I'm going to go out by myself. Okay. Um, this is what I'm going to wear. I know black is like not approachable. And oh my God, now that I'm looking at it, I feel like it's a little corporate, but like this is literally sheer. Um, and, but this is just like all I have. So that's what I'm wearing. Oh God. Okay. Just passing a beer garden that was full of people with their friends. It's okay. This will be fun. Okay. <clears throat> that did not go well and was a little embarrassing. I'm gonna see if I can find another place to go though. Why am I falling? She knows. What? Not feeling as planned. Ah, you hate to see it. I don't know what I thought. Like, I genuinely thought that I was gonna meet people. It was just that, like, the the jazz bar was too crowded. There wasn't even anywhere to sit. I'm gonna go again. I'm gonna keep trying. I'm gonna keep trying, but that was that was really hard. Okay. All right. So that's this. This is this is an interesting thing because I think it does sort of talk about like what what we we're dealing with here today is that technology has change the landscape of things like so much like i even just like before the internet landscape was changed a lot like just thinking back to like what my uh like thinking about my my in-laws they went to uh, uh my my mother and father-in-law they went to ohio state and like they like they would go out and it's just like if i see you i see you they didn't have like cell phones it's like you can kind of make loose plans but then you would just People would just bounce into each other and they'd, you know, talk and socialize. And I don't know. I guess that's just the way it worked. It was just like it was way more you knew how to interact, like cold approach people, I guess, and that sort of thing. That was just the way it was. You know, then we shifted into this whole world where, okay, well, you're going to make plans. You're going to be texting people. I'm not going to go in until you're going in. Uh, are you going in yet? Blah, blah, blah. Everyone's sitting in their car waiting for their friends to go in. And now it's like, like hyper just like concierge service with like the the tinder apps and everything like that where you're just paired up and actual organic interaction is no longer a thing now the problem with this is then it's like well you say oh these dating apps are horrible for me they're you know they're actually just you know in a sense it's it's kind of like um i mean a lot of ways it's it's just like porn a lot of the way like if you if you've got some game and you can get and you can hook up then it's kind of just like porn with like a 
real life person. Like you just like get it to rent a warm fleshlight with this person for the night as long as you can like pass the test, I guess, or whatever. Um, and it's just such a weird dynamic. And because of that now, the organic option, it's like you or like you, you can realize that. It's like, oh, that's really screwed up. I don't want to partake in that. I want to actually like meet people in a more authentic way. Uh, but now no one interacts that way. No one even knows how to. And so I, for this girl here, I don't even know like what she did. Did she like she didn't record any of the good stuff? Like what my assumption is that she just like went into the bar, got herself a drink and sat there. Is like, <laughs> I'm pretty. Come on. But that's the thing. Isn't that all she should have to do? Yeah. Yeah, probably in a different world. But the thing is, like, you got to live in this world. Right. Yeah. And it's like it's a different sort of thing. Like, so you would she would have to be the one to probably initiate because I think I don't know. Like, I don't know the last time I saw a guy cold approach a girl. You know, like it's almost like like the woman has to almost like let her let it be known that she's interested in being approached. Because I think so many guys have been like like me tooed into like yep. fear. It's just like I don't want to be too aggressive. It's like I don't know how to hit on a woman that I didn't talk to on Tinder first. It's just like I think men have kind of just lost any sort of organic social interaction. And so in this case here, it's like I hope she. I hope she kept trying because you will be able to figure it out and you will be able to eventually find people who are, you know, interested in being more social and everything like that. But I, I just think, yeah, it's a it's a weird thing today. But I want to ask you, like, what is it like with like your your how old are you again? I'm 21. 21. OK, so you're like, are you a Zoomer technically? Yeah, technically. OK, you're a Zoomer. All right. So like what like what do your friends do? Like, is it all like just. Tinder is that what it is, or is there another app? Like what? What? How does it actually work today for your gym? There's there's two ways I've seen. Now keep in mind, guys. I used to work at a gym, so I was there a lot. So I saw a lot of things go down in the gym, and that. So that's why I don't. In other words, I don't hang out in bars. So it's possible that guys are approaching people in bars all the time. But in the gym, I've seen a couple instances where a guy would approach somebody. I've never seen but it in the gym. Besides that. All I've seen is like guys will go work out next to the girl and like they'll do like the uh the mirror like game where they're like staring at the girl through the mirror or they're just like uh, then you got the creepy old guys on the exercise bikes that just like they they follow the the pretty girl around and just like make sure that they're always looking at her and it's just like oh god. Yeah. If there's a if there's a pretty girl who walks by, run an experiment. What you can do is if you have some self-control and you don't need to stare at her, if you look around, you'll look at how pitiful and obvious it is that every other guy is, like, checking her out. And I'm not yes. saying it's wrong to look at a beautiful woman, but, like, most guys are just, like, it's just blatant. It's just, like, ass, boobs. And they, like, it's just – so if you look the other yeah. way, you're going to – get you just get to see something that's interesting. Just thought I'd throw that out there. But go go on. What were no, you gonna that's say? totally true. But anyway, that's what I was going to just say. There's, like, two ways that I've seen. It's dating apps – or it's the gym. It's like not even bars, really, to be honest. Because bars, people go out to bars with their friends now. Yeah, that's true. And what's weird about gyms, too, is like uh, I hadn't been to a gym in a while because I've been working at home for or working out at home for several years. And then I got a gym membership and I went to the gym. Uh, it was and I went in there. I was like, whoa, women's women's workout gear has changed quite a bit. Now it's like 
Oh, they don't wear anything. They, it's it's basically a sports bra. They do the sports bra and like high waisted like booty shorts. It's just like they do the high waist so that they can cover up whatever little belly they have. Uh, yeah. Usually, if they're wearing that kind of stuff, they don't really have anything they should be ashamed of in the first place. But they put that and they show their butt cheeks, and it's just like this is where we're at now. And it's like I I don't know. I mean, like you got to like the the thing that I wonder about is like what level of self awareness do they have when they wear that kind of clothing? Like I believe that if you're you're wearing clothes like that, then you're trying to get attention. But then. And then, but then, like the whole culture is around, like you have to pretend like you don't want to get the attention. So it's just, I don't know, it's a weird thing. That's maybe a topic for another time. But the first girls who did it were doing it for attention, and then everybody else saw, all the other chicks saw them, and then they just copied them. That's that's my personal theory. But very yeah, possible, anyway. very possible. I want to show you this Rich Cooper clip because <clears throat> guys are getting really good at using dating apps, in particular. And uh, it seems like there's some sort of code that happens with regards to uh, the things that chicks will put in their uh, their bios, so to speak. So this is Rich deciphering the code, and I want to get your take. Love to travel. That means looking for a dude to take me on trips. Okay. Independent. <clears throat> what does that mean? You will decide nothing. <laughs> no hookups. Definitely hooks up if you're a Chad. That's basically what that one means. Um, no hookups is usually closely correlated with don't waste my time. And, uh, you know, she's been, you know, she's racked up a bit of a number, a bit of a body count. Uh, and saying that she's not into the hookups, but she will definitely, absolutely positively hook up if you're a chat. Another one of my favorites is get me off this app. All that means is I've been with a lot of dudes here and I'm running out of new inventory to deal with. So get me the hell out of here. Anyway, you get the idea. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So with this kind of stuff, like it's it's kind of weird because on one hand, you can take this like ultra cynical approach uh, to this sort of thing. And, you know, there's probably some truth to what he says. And I think that there's a lot of truth to that whole kind of like bitter red pill um, group that that's out there. It's like. You know, he's one of the guys, same with like Rolo Tomasi. Uh, there's a bunch of you know, people who they say things that are, they have a lot of truth. They put out a lot of value and I think they do offer men some help. But the problem is there's such like a, a bitterness and a cynicism to the overall content. And so like we got to look at where, like whose fault is it all? Like a lot of like the red pill guys, they they're focused on how, women are like hoes now, how women are um, inappropriate, how women, you know, they're just kind of got these massive body counts and they're irrational and all this kind of shit, right? Well, like, yeah, there's a lot of that, okay? It's And it's not good. But I personally believe that, like, none of this would have happened if men were able to, like, maintain their dignity, if men were actually more solid. Because here's the thing is like if men, especially the best men, actually had higher values, like if they were not man whores themselves, well, then women looking for a high value man man couldn't behave this way. Right. It's like this is the kind of like, like men like if we're going to change anything about this, there has to be men who are able to hold themselves to a certain level. 
not just the women. And that's the thing that I think is is most weird about this this kind of stuff. It's like base. It, it's like the the modern red pill is just uh, what is that called? Polygamy again, where it's just like men are allowed to sleep around as much as they want, and women are not. It's like one man, if you're a super high alpha Chad or whatever, you can have all these girlfriends, and that's totally appropriate and fine. But if she has a bunch of men, or then she's a hoe. She's low value. All that kind of stuff. And I understand that men and women's sexuality is different, right? Like for a woman to be uh, promiscuous, it's a riskier play on her part because she's the one who, you know, has the child and all that kind of stuff and how modern birth control has changed all of that, right? But still, it's like there's got to be – like when you're talking one-to-one relationships here, it's got to be fair. It's like if you're going to demand that the the girl be you know clean, have a low body count, why can't she demand that of you? And so it's like if the men aren't able to hold any sort of sexual morality, especially like – so what about this? Like all right, maybe she – she went out and she got, you know, laid a bunch in her 20s. But you jerked off to like 10,000 hours of porn. Okay? It's like mm. who's really worse off here, right? Who's who's the one who's really um being a degenerate? Okay? I would say both. I think it's like a systemic problem. But also, I don't think it's one that women can lead the charge on. Cuz let's say let's say the woman she starts being more moral, all right? Let's say she starts uh, actually, like, being less promiscuous, that kind of stuff, okay? But the man, he keeps jerking off to porn, okay? He keeps being a scumball who has to stare at every, you know, pair of yoga pants that that walks by him, okay? Well, all of a sudden, she's going to feel like her, like, what is she sacrificing for? Like, there's there's nothing. Like, there's she's not gaining anything from it. Because men, especially like men give themselves permission. They, men give other men permission to be sexual pigs. And that's what I see in a lot of the red pill stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, women got to get better. But, huh, yeah, we, we can do whatever the hell we want. And it's just like, OK, but that's not going to solve anything. You know, they're just they're just looking at you and saying, yeah, you're a scumbag. And so I'm going to do what I want. And it's just like there's no resolution here. And so, you know, when, when I see him doing that kind of stuff, like, yeah, it makes for – interesting content. It's kind of funny and everything like that. But like, I see a deeper issue in the way that that dialogue is being handled as a whole. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, ultimately it's those dudes who are sleeping around with everybody who kind of create, who, (laughs) who then, uh, you know, have kids out of wedlock. Those kids grow up to become these women who then sleep around with everybody. So it just can constantly perpetuate. Right. Itself. Or they, they become the weak men who can't like, you know, they, they don't have the, the masculine leadership that teaches them how to be a strong man who can improve society and, you know, foster good women and find good relations. But all like, yeah, it's, that's what happens. And then it gets even weirder when it's like, you realize, okay, well all those top, like the, how the dating apps have skewed the dating pool and everything like that for like in the, in favor of the chads. But, Again, that's so here's it. the question. Here's the question with all of this, right? Um, let's say we got a guy who's in this game and he's getting that dopamine hit. He's swiping left and right, you know, on chicks, and uh, he's deciphering the code in the bio, and he's messaging messaging them, and he's going over to their place, 
and he just was playing this game, right? What's the first step that somebody like that should take in order to kind of get out of that? Because it seems like there's two options, right? The option is you play the stupid game and win stupid prizes, or you just become like an incel person who's never meets or talks to anybody and just complains on Reddit. You know what I mean? Like what's the, what's the balancing act? Is there a third option? Yeah. Like that's, that's pretty much what we were trying to offer here, right? Like that's, that's the thing is that you can actually unplug from this system and the, you have to become an outlier. And when you become an outlier, then you can attract an outlier, right? Like the thing that's, maybe I don't have the context for it, but like with that clip where he's going through that, like what is the goal, right? Like say you decipher it. Okay. Well, what kind of girl are you actually looking for on that app? I mean, if you're on that app and you're of that mentality, then you are looking for an easy girl, right? And so you find that easy girl and then you like hate her while you're hooking up with her. Well, it's like, I mean, what does that say about you? Right. And so I think the big thing is like, you got to figure out like, who the heck do you want to be? Who do you want to be? What do you want in life, right? If you want to have like a truly stable marriage, you want to have a family, you want to have those things, well, this isn't the way to do it most likely. You know, if you are, then like, yeah, you might need to have an outlier profile, right? Like one of the things that like, no, I'm not going to get in that now, but the, <laughs> the, the, the thing that you got to do here is you got to unplug from this system. And you got to start working on yourself and become one of these outlier men. And that's what I'm trying to do with this protagonism stuff is build this this roadmap where you can start by first you got to reclaim your freedom. You got to get your head out of all this this crap. And that's that's rough to unplug your system because it's all and that's where you start, though. But like that's not where it ends. But, you know, that's that's the first fight is like you got to realign your dopaminergic system to work for you. Cause right now, like most guys, like their dopamine system has been literally crafted by multimillion dollar corporations. It's like, Oh yeah, I, I watch sports all the time. And then I play video games all the time. And I watch Netflix all the time. And then I like swipe on Tinder and it's just like, okay, well all the things you put your energy into are not really the things that like, are you designing your life? Like me, where I get my dopamine hit, is working on my business. It's like working out. It's like making food now. I'm starting to get into that shit. Like I never thought I would get into cooking, but here I am. It's like I'm enjoying it. And it's like these things that my I'm getting my dopamine kick from, they actually serve me. But to get to this point, I had to go through hell figuring out how to unplug from all of this other stuff so that life actually started feeling good again, like real life. And so, you know, if you want to, you know, see more about that, well then stay tuned to our work cuz We've got a lot of stuff on that. A lot of great stuff coming. I'm so excited. Oh, man. The next thing I wanted to show you get and get your reaction to here, because I don't really know a lot about this uh, rich guy. I guess he's part of like the red pill community. But I do know a little bit. Uh, you've mentioned this guy, uh, Andrew Tate, before. Yeah. And they were on a podcast together. And I pulled a clip from there that I think, um, you know, not that I'm trying to pick on the guy, but... It, this clip, I think, encompasses that Thumos energy that you've been talking about recently so well that, I, I mean, it was too juicy to, to leave out. So Okay. Let's see this. Why weren't you able to follow through to get the fight booked and then take the deposits and set up the event? Like, what happened from there? So he said he'd fight me. I said, no problem. Here's a contract. And he went silent. 
Oh, wait. Hold on. I heard about this. So there's this guy on Twitter. His name's like Culty Bra or something like that. And um, I follow him because he says some interesting things sometimes. But he's also kind of like in this sort of like douchey tough guy like niche. Um, But he does say some interesting things. And he's uh, probably I think he's pretty I think he like builds like he has like a clothing brand or something like that. And like, you know, I respect the hustle. I respect people. I respect young guys getting out there and like building businesses and stuff like that. I love that kind of shit. But like apparently I saw he like called out Cobra Tate. And so this guy, if you don't know, he's like like the the poster child of like toxic masculinity. Uh, he's like a former like world champion kickboxer and he's like rich. He like runs like webcam girl farms and does other kinds of stuff like that. And honestly, I love a lot of what he says. Dead serious. <laughs> like you you watch his uh his interview on um your mom's house, Tom Segura's podcast. I thought he was mostly phenomenal. Like he's a he is a a free man, uh, mostly. I think he's he's stuck I'll, I'll explain what I think of him. Uh but here, let's let's see what he says. But anyway, oh right, the Colty Bra thing. So he called him out for a fight for clout, and then here's the story. Disappeared. He just because that was his intention. Set up the event. Like what happened from there? So he said he'd fight me. I said no problem. Here's a contract, and he went silent. Just disappeared. He just because that was you. his intention all along to pretend he was going to fight and then not sign a contract and not fight. So then I put fifty thousand dollars in escrow. I was like, look, you're not going to now sign a contract and then not turn up. You're not going to waste even more of everybody's time. So I put $50,000 in escrow instantly. Once again, put it on Twitter. He started slow replying, slow replying, slow replying. And at this point, I understood that he has no intention of fighting me. But he's wasted my time and he said my name. So he has to pay a price one way or another. And that's when I took a little bit of time out of my life and instigated a campaign against his entire family. I intended on litigating his bloodline into eternal poverty. And I would do exactly that. I would do exactly that with a smile on my face. People don't understand, right? I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm bored, but I certainly miss war. Let's put it that way. You're going to give me a reason. If you're going to annoy me enough to go out of my way, I will spend 10 hours a day, every single day for the rest of my human years, inconveniencing you. I will do that. And I will sit and laugh with my brother from the seat of my private plane. I don't care if it costs me $100 to take one from you. I'll do that trade all day and we'll see who runs out of money first. I'm that guy. So when he decided to finally keep saying my name to the point where I was like, okay, we're going to fight. Then I realized it was all just a lie. He's not even going to give me the honor. He's not going to give, he's like, he doesn't have enough honor as a man to turn up. I want the glory. I want to smash his face in. He ain't even going to give me the chance. Well, then I have to ruin his life, don't I? What else am I supposed to do? Um... You know, there's a first like initial moment when I. Okay, so like, is there more? Is there more to the clip worth thinking, seeing? You think first. Um. No, you get the gist. Okay. (laughs) So. Yeah, like, this is this is interesting because eventually, what he ended up doing, like the culty dude or whatever, he ended up just saying, uh, like, getting called out like super hard, and everybody gave him shit online for it, and you know he's still still doing his thing but it was it looked like a major l on his part um but there's actually a lot of interesting things happening in this clip first thing is like this strategy of people of calling out others for social clout like this is the game this is one of the games so like if you're not in the social media game maybe you don't you're not like aware of this like how this happens it's like you talk shit on someone 
And you do it in hopes that they pay attention to you. And if they pay attention to you and they respond to you, well, all of a sudden, all the people who follow them, and if they're a bigger channel, they get to see you. And somehow, sometimes you can steal attention that way. Some people get very uh, big this way just by stirring up conflict and stuff like that. And so, you know, uh, Colty Bra, knowing that he's uh, into branding and stuff like that, that's what he was doing because he saw Tate as having this like big brand of people that uh, would maybe be favorable to his brand and stuff like that. He started calling them out and stuff like that. But the thing is, uh, Tate is uh, the, the real deal in terms of tough guy stuff, right? Like he actually is a kickboxing champion and he will like, you know, send people to your house, which is essentially what I'm pretty sure he did is he sent people to that guy's house. Um, and so like the things that I respect in Tate, it's like, who, who is his name? Uh, start the world on Instagram. What's his name? Um, I don't even know. He wrote the way of men. Jack Donovan. That's it. Jack Donovan. So Jack Donovan, he had a book called The Way of Men, and he made this awesome distinction where he said there's a difference between being a good man and being good at being a man. Okay? And what he what he was talking about here is that there are certain elements that are inherent to masculinity. And I think we can sum this up in the concept of, of what the Greeks called thumos. Thumos is like that masculine fire. It's that kind of joy of of conflict, of challenge, of you know that that pumped up feeling you get before you know running out on the the, the field or the court if you're you're playing sports, or you know that 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 rush you get when you watch an action movie, or that you know that part of you. Like I remember when I was a kid, like I just wanted to wrestle and fight. And I would just like wrestle the shit out of like my brothers and beat them up. And then I would go over to like my neighbors who are all older and bigger than me and I would get beat up by them and I would love it. It's just like there's this like kind of masculine fire and that's what Thumos is. And so like Tate, he's got that fire 100%. But the problem is like it can go two different ways. Like it can get real ugly and like vacuous which is what, like, I, like, in my system, like, the protagonism stuff, it's, like, that's what I, I call dumos. So, so it's thumos and the dumos. That's when you're, like, you just want to dominate, right? You don't believe in the dignity of the other person, and you believe that your dignity all rests basically in your status. It's, like, I'm richer and more powerful. I'm better than you, so I can treat you however I want. And I think this is where a lot of the ugliness in the world really comes from is this kind of conditional value where a human's only as good as, like, their um, – conditional status, right? Like there's no intrinsic dignity granted to everyone, right? I think that that's really where we got to go. And that's what I think Tate is kind of like, if I, you know, I don't like criticizing, like, like I'm not trying to do this. I'm just trying to say like Tate and the people like him, they don't like, they don't have that dignity, right? They don't believe that they are inherently just good. Because if, if they do, they think it's lopsided and they don't believe other people have it. Like just the idea that he's going to go and crush his entire family, his entire bloodline because this dude annoyed him. It's just like that's screwed up. Like that's that's not cool. It's like if you're fighting for your survival and it's like if you don't crush your enemy, then they will ultimately always crush you or something like, yeah, there's a time to get severe, right? There's a time to use extreme force. But this wasn't necessarily that time. He did it, you know, he was kind of, he, he threatened cruelty because he wanted to maximize his his dominance. And that's not something I really get behind. You know, I don't think that's what really wins you friends. It can win you loyalty 
uh, that's conditional as long as you've got the power, as long as you're on top of the world. But it's like it's not going to win you the friends that are going to stick with you when you're down. Uh, and it's also I, I just think that it doesn't necessarily create a good world to live in because if you start universalizing that like – well, in his case, it's like a, a head for an eye. It's like, you know, you you bothered me a little bit, so I'm going to absolutely demolish you. Um, you know, I get the strategy. Very Machiavellian, very like, uh, what's it, the, what's his name, the Robert Green? Is it Robert Green? The guy's like 48 Laws of Power. It's very much that style of masculine ideology. But, you know, you know, I'm a Christian, right? I think that ultimately what's worked, what's pulled western civilization like out of these out of like these you know warring tribal kind of things is that we started to have a bigger vision of how we could all work together and yeah it took a long time to really get things to that level but i i think that you know if you really want to be a part of a world that's flourishing if you really want to, yourself to be flourishing like he even said it himself he's he said he wasn't bored but he it doesn't sound like he's got he doesn't have some higher purpose. And I think that's actually – this is why he doesn't is because he's missing this like the dignity of humanity. Even as screwed up and ugly as all of us are, that there's still a, a spirit of goodness that we really – like that's what we should be serving, i.e. God. That's what I call it, right? You know, you can call it the highest conception of goodness. You can call it like you know the betterment of mankind, whatever you want to do. But yeah, I, that's, that's my take on that. He's he's a, a gigantic warrior on a teeny itty bitty little battlefield, and it's kind of a shame because we could use him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean if he if he okay. just like tweaked it a little bit, like the dude would be a saint, right? Like he he could be, but like the thing is, he's never going to be more than a fringe personality that make that he's going to have his audience. You know, I know his message speech speaks to a lot of guys because it speaks to me on on some level, uh, but it's. I, I don't know. Even if it got really big, I wouldn't be entirely sure that it would be a force for good, <laughs> right. uh, to be quite honest. Uh, there would be good things that came with it, but I think there would also be a lot of bad. Because what happens when you have multiple guys like that in the same neighborhood? You get war. Because that's the thing. Is like You can't all be the top dude who gets all the chicks. So – as if you start adding more, like it works right now, it's not causing that issue because there's so, like, most guys are completely cowed into submission and, you know, not very impressive individuals. But, you know, I want to play an infinite game, right? I want to play something where we can all keep progressing and playing and actually things get better and better. Not one to where if actually people followed my message, then eventually we would all just start fighting each other because not everybody can be king of the hill. Yeah. Oh, man. So I've been, you know, it's kind of your fault, but um, I've been getting into a lot of this, uh, these marketing guru guys, right? And one that I've came across is this guy named Alex Hermosi. Are you familiar with, with his work at all? Uh, no, not at all. So this guy, he owns acquisition.com. They do about $85 million a year. And um, he, he uh, recently published a video called The Anti-Routine. And in that, he kind of goes over... Well, it's basically the routine that took him from broke to doing something crazy like over eight figures by the time he was 28 or something stupid. So anyway, but it kind of reminded me of something that you've talked about in the past. So I wanted to check it out. All right, let's check it out. 
is that most people have the assumption that when they say, hey, Alex, can you tell me your routines? Can you tell me your rituals that you do every day? They think to themselves, there's something that Alex is doing that I am not doing, and therefore, if I do those things, I will get that result. And I will tell you that you were wrong, and here's why. Did he, like, break his nose, or is he, like, doing I one of those? I think so. Oh, okay. Because I've seen I these things. Like, people are bringing, you know, football players used to wear those things that, like, spread your nose apart and let you breathe more. I saw them coming back, so I don't oh, know if he's just, that... like, real trendy like that or, or what. Most people... Most champions do not have something that you do not have. They, they lack something that you have. For a champion in the physical realm, a lot of times, it's they don't have an off switch. They just keep going. You have an off switch. It is your lack, their lack of it, which is what drives their success. The word that I will give you that you can tell yourself, you can plaster it on your wall, is the season of no. And I'm not saying it's forever. I'm saying it's just for right now. A lot of people don't need a new things to add to the routine. You need to have a routine of saying no and an anti-routine. And that is the thing that's going to yield those, those outsized returns on productivity. So that's, I think he, he's got a good point there, but I don't think he explained it in the way that's, that really hits on like what's going on. Like, so he's mm. talking about like, all right, high level performers, they, they don't have an off switch. Let's put right. that in a little bit. Let's flesh that out a little bit. What he's talking about is like these high level performers, they've hooked their dopamine into like the high, highest value activities. Right. They get a little a little squirt of dopamine when they get up early. You know, they get a little another little squirt when they like finish that that workout. Another little bit when they nail that focus block. Another little bit when they like eat clean for that day and then they hit the bed early. Right? There there's gonna be some resistance that they're getting, but generally they're getting that that stuff, that those pleasurable neurochemicals from doing the things that move their life forward. Okay. When he says you do have an off switch, what he's talking about is like, oh, actually, your energy keeps getting funneled into this bullshit, into all this virtualism, all this like, all this video games, all this porn, all this other crap getting high, you know, like all of these things that they give you a spike of pleasure, but they don't give you anything in return, right? And so that's, that's what it is. It's like you're either on mission or you're off mission, right? And so you keep going off mission because you're, you're hooked on it. And when you try and go on mission, like your brain's so configured to get all of its pleasure from all this bullshit that when you try and go on mission, your brain just, it just throws up huge amounts of resistance. It's like you have to like, you feel like you have to like dig through like three foot concrete wall of your comfort zone with a fucking spoon. And it's just like, that's what's wrong is that your entire brain has been all jacked up and you know, he's talking about this season of no, that's like detoxing. That's a dopamine detox is what you need to go through. Plus get a, get a vision, right? Cause you need to have something you care about, right? So together with, with all that, that's, that's what I think you really need. That's the real, mm. the real solution. That makes total sense. You know, um, <laughs> one of the things too, that this reminds me of, maybe this is stretching a little bit, but you know how, uh, I think you you sent out a tweet once. It was like, uh, avoiding stupid losses is greater than achieving exotic wins or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of that too. Cause it's like, you know, these people, you, you see certain people like, let's take, um, Zuck for example, right? The dude literally wears like the same thing every day mm -hmm. because he doesn't want to think about it. You know what I mean? So here's my question for you, right? Do you think I could pull off the same thing? Because I'm tired. I'm tired of like going through my drawer, 
and like finding a shirt, you know what I mean? So do you think that I can pull out? Because the, the counter argument to that's really enticing too. In fact, why don't you play that right now? It's uh, it's the one, it's right here. Peterson on the pros of dressing up. Because I'm kind of torn right now between these two things. Yeah, well, when I went out on tour in 2018, before I went out, I thought I wanted to do this like 100% right, or at least as close to that as I could manage. So I went out and bought some expensive suits. and I spent way more money on, this is one of them, actually, you look great, by the way. Thank you, okay. thank you. Way more money than I ever thought I'd spend on clothes. And I really felt quite bad about it. You know, I thought maybe it was an extravagance. But I thought, no way, man, I'm going to see if I can nail this dead on. And I'm going to be speaking to, you know, 100,000 people. I'm going to look as sharp as I possibly can. And uh, one of the consequences of that has been that young men in particular come to the lecture tour dressed up in suits, three-piece suits, they're, or the couples come and they're dressed up like they're coming to a wedding. Or, so that's really something. And Why uh, do you think that is? Why do you, is, is it because you set that standard? They're sick acting like kids. Okay. You know, our whole culture pushes the idea that teenage life, or even childhood for that matter, but teenage life is some sort of pinnacle and then everybody dresses down so they look, especially men, they look like overgrown 10-year-olds and there's something extremely demeaning about that. And so to provide people with the opportunity to dress up in a, in a classic manner and to look like adults, to present themselves in that manner, there's something very attractive about that because we haven't done that in our culture. That's been, I would say, downplayed in importance or, 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 or for, for certainly since the 1960s. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, there's a... There's someone I, I talked to uh, on my YouTube channel a while ago, uh, Tanner Guzzi, who's like a, a men's style coach. Um, and he, he has some really interesting thoughts around all this kind of stuff. Basically, his idea is that, um, and I mean, it's, I don't think it's just his idea. His, his big kind of thing is like you got these different masculine style archetypes. Like you've got like the refined look, which is pretty much what Peterson has. And that's like communicates your established you're kind of like, you know, you can tr- you're trustworthy. It's like great for like, you know, financial businesses and academics and stuff like that. You want to tell that story. But like that's the thing is like when you're dressing up, you're communicating. You're communicating non-verbally. And so it's like you got to think about what it is you're communicating with the way that you dress. So, you know, he 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 decided to go in on that route. Um and then, you know, you got the other archetypes, which is like you got the rugged look. So the guy who's wearing his, um, you know, Dickies jeans or his uh, Carhartt. I mean, maybe not Carhartt after they're, you know, they're a little <laughs> Maybe not there. anymore. Yeah, maybe not so much them anymore. But, uh, you know, the, you wear like your work clothes and you got your, your boots on. You wear your, your camo hunting gear and stuff like that. It's like, well, that's messaging about like what tribe you belong to. Okay, if you're a biker and you wear your biker patch, it's just messaging. It's like, here's my tribe. This is what what I'm a part of. Like half the time, like you like growing up, you could tell what music a kid listened to by like what clothes he wore. Right. Was he like rocking like Nikes and like uh, or was he rocking Vans? It's like, okay, well, that kid's more into he probably listens to more rock or punk. And that kid probably listens to like hip hop. It's just like. It's all signaling. And I think a lot of guys have the tendency to just act like your clothes don't matter at all. It's like it's immasculine to think about what your clothes look like. I mean, that's 
that's not true. Uh, that's why I was uh, part of the reason why I was bringing up Tanner is because his Instagram page, uh, he used to do these things or his Twitter page. I don't know where he does them, but it would be like, it would be like the caption, like real men don't care how they dress. And then it would show like a classical picture of like a general at war wearing this like crazy outfit or like, you know, like, um, like a chief from an, in, like a American, a native American tribe, like in full like war paint and shit like that. It's like, no, guys have always cared yeah. what they looked like. Like that's, this, that's a new modern phenomenon to think that guys don't care what they look like. Um, but you got to think about it m- more as like, we got in our culture that the way that you dress is about like being pretty and having it like be all about like sexuality. Cause that's how most clothes are marketed to women today. And that, and their mark and like the marketing you see, it's for women and their, clo- their clothes. And it's about being hot, being sexy, blah, 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 blah. But that's not really what it is for a man. When he's dressing, it's really about how am I communicating? And you can have a uniform for sure. Like it's just gotta be the right kind of uniform. Um, you know, it's it's got to match your goals. I think Zuck's look, like, I think that works against him a little bit because mm. I think he's, like, his personality is one of the things that's really working against Meta and Facebook because, like, people don't trust him. They don't like him because he's too weird. And it's like, okay, like, you know, the way you present yourself, if you're running a big business where people don't, like, sit down and necessarily hear you talk very much, the way you present yourself has a big impact. Um, so it's like, it, you know, for like maybe like like for a guy who just wants a standard day-to-day, you know, uniform, so, you know, buy a couple of Henleys and some nice fitting jeans and a pair of boots or something like that. Okay, great. You're good to go. Um, but it's it's got to match what it is you're trying to accomplish, really. Because uh, that's that's the that's the key. Figure out what you're trying to communicate, and then you can work backward from there and figure out: Are my clothes helping me, or am I hurt? They hurting me. And in all cases, if you wear clothes that are like they don't fit you, <laughs> um, it's going to be working against you because then it's just like you're communicating that you don't give a shit about yourself. Um, that's it. Bottom line. So, do you think I like? Do you think I could benefit from um, getting a consultation with Tanner? Uh, what's that shirt you got on? I mean, it's not that bad. It's, it doesn't have holes in it or anything, okay. but it's got yeah. some, well, some okay. So typically like, you know, that kind of stuff and, uh, graphic tees there, they're considered a little bit less stylish. Okay. You'd be, you're becoming a bit more of a billboard for someone else. So if you're advertising someone else's stuff on your shirt, a little less. Okay. You know what? Actually, I don't think I need Tanner's help. I got it. Hold on. Give me a sec. There we go. Okay. Okay, I think we're good now. So, anyway, that's pretty much all I got for uh, this week. What What do you have? Because um, I asked you to bring stuff, too. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're the boss now, right? You're telling me what to bring? Right. <laughs> With that hat, I got I to gotta take you seriously. Um, yeah, I think, I think the, the, the big thing I want to communicate at this point is, like, what the general stages look like for a guy who's serious about following this protagonistic path okay there's three three main levels all right and they're they kind of operate as like you can think of them as like three layers of a of a hole okay at the central layer the place where you got to start if you're not good here then you're going to be hamstrung in every single one of your efforts is you got to get free okay you got to develop your agency and i mean this like most specifically around 
the usage of your energy. All right. Like if you are controlled by any sorts of like compulsions, like you're addicted to porn, you're addicted to, you know, marijuana or drugs or whatever, like any kind of addiction, that's the number one thing that's got to go because that's stealing so much of your power. Right. And I mean that very like specifically, very technically, like neurochemically, it's stealing your juice, man. Okay. And it's not that all the juice that's going into that thing, it's not going to the other things. Like, if you've never really been free from this kind of stuff, you were like brought up in the modern world and hooked on like digital stimulation from a young age, like you just think that productive work always sucks. Like it's always got to be a grind. You always got to fight yourself. That's not true. You can actually love it. Real life can be as, as can actually be more compelling than the best video game, than the best Netflix series. You can get to the point where you want to actually binge life. It's like, you know, it's like you go to bed early because you just want to get to the next day and start the next chapter. Okay. But it's not going to happen as long as you're hooked in to all the bullshit. So that's the first thing. That's the core of the apple. Okay. Is, is getting your freedom developing. And I would call this like, you know, the archetype of agency. You got to become an agent of your own life. Next layer. Okay, is you need to start leveling up. So say you get some freedom. Okay, say you get some, you know, you go through a dopamine detox or you, you know, you do the work, you work with, uh, you know, do some 12 step, get off the the alcohol and the weed and that kind of thing. All right. And all of a sudden you've got some time and space. You've got like your willpower takes you a bit further than it used to. Right. Well, here's where you got to start becoming more competent. Okay. You need to start developing your excellence. And this is, this is the tier of adepthood. Okay. You need to start becoming good at something in the world. Cause if you don't have a skill, if you don't have any ability, you've got no leverage. Okay. So you're stuck then. It's like, you got this freedom, but you got nowhere to go. It's like, Oh, I've got a car. I can finally, you know, my, my car is out of the impound lot, but I'm out of gas. Okay, it's like you need to get something that allows you to go somewhere, right? So you got to start building some skills. You got to start getting productive. And that's what this level is all about, like where you're, you're learning how to, you know, make to-do lists, set goals, you know, do focused work, right? Like there's a period in this where you're probably going to have to time your focused work, where you're going to have to like be like, all right, I'm going to start with trying to get, you know, two hours of hardcore focus done a day or something like that. I remember when I first started this kind of stuff, like I had like an hour, like when I first started making content and stuff, like I could focus for an hour maybe. And then I'd be shot for the day Then I needed to go play video games or whatever. But as I grew and stuff, eventually you don't need to time it anymore. It's just like, this is just what you do. You just do the best stuff that you can do. But it's for a while, it's like, okay, I'm going to do an hour. And then I'm going to, you know, when that feels okay, I'm going to do two hours and I'm going to do three. And then it gets, you know, you, you can get more and more uh, with it to the point where eventually you can be as productive as you want to be. And assuming you go through the process of developing yourself and learning the strategies of whatever, you know, path you're trying to follow, um, then you can start maybe thinking about the next layer. So the highest layer, it's like, okay, you got free, you know, you developed your agency. You became an agent of your own life. Then you started to uh, develop your adepthood. You became, you know, adept at something. Okay. Third layer is what I call archonhood. Archon is a, uh, archon's what they used to call like, you know, rulers. And I think it was 
Greece or Rome. I forget. It's just like a name for a ruler. Okay. And that's the piece here that I think men are really kind of lacking in today in a major way. But I think this is where men actually find their greatest fulfillment is, and this is all about impact. Okay. When you can learn how to actually start impacting the world. So for some people, you know, this is going to just be impacting kind of like their family. For other people, it's going to be impact with their business, right? Like me, I'm trying to impact Western society. It's a bold claim. It's a bold ambition, but it's what I want to do. That's what I'm aiming toward. And on this level, there's a whole different set of skills. Like you need to understand psychology. You need to understand relationships. You need to understand story. There's all these higher level things that allow you to shape um, the world around you, right? And this is like where we start getting into like the, the, the really cool stuff that allows a person to to shape their reality, to manifest what they want, but then also to really positively impact those around them. And so if you're going through all of this and you're building through these layers, like you can build through it from that, from a vacuous mentality where you feel like individually, like, you know, we all got to earn our status or whatever. I've talked about, you know, vacuous versus radiant mindset, dignified versus, you know, undignified mindset previously. And I don't know how deep I'm going to go into it now, but that's another piece of this. It's like you want to do – if you do all of this from the dignified perspective where you believe you're good inherently and you're just trying to reflect that in your freedom, in your excellence, in your impact, okay? If you start getting all those spheres together, then basically what, what you become then, and which is the aim of protagonism, is to become what I would call a luminary. It's someone who's operating on all three of these levels. They are, they are free, they are excellent, and they are impactful. And you can be a luminary as a family man who builds like a super strong family um, and is maybe like a pillar in the community. Like there's guys, guys I knew like growing up, like they were, that's what they were. They were, you know, regular family men, relatively normal jobs, but they're involved in a lot of stuff. They're involved in a lot of youth sports. Like they, everyone knew them when they walked into a place. They like, you know, were on the school boards and things like that. Like that person can be a luminary in their community, kind of like a local one. But then you could you could also be a higher level one, right? Like for me, I'm more focused on building my, you know, global men's community. I'm focused on trying to like become a voice online and social media, right? And so it's like, but regardless of what form it takes, like maybe you're an artist, all right? Maybe you put all of your energy into becoming a luminary in your art field that shifts the way that that, that art is done. It, it impacts people on a mass scale because through your art, Right. There's all different ways to do this. But ultimately, I think every man is called to this luminary level where from a dignified place where he believes he's tapped into his own sense of goodness. He's gotten himself free. He's become excellent and he's found his way to make an impact. And so this is this is the vision of protagonisms. This is what I really care about helping men achieve. So join in, join in, please, because this is this is what it's all about. So, guys, uh, if, if we do end up posting this live, if you like this, please let us know in the comments below. And uh, we're going to keep more coming. Um, thank you. Ooh, yeah. See you all in the next one.